Hello and welcome to Plotress. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Viscount Breckenridge to the Rescue by Stephanie Lawrence. This was published in 2011 and is the first book in the Sinster Sisters series, the 16th book in the Sinster series, and our loving rejuvenation of the batshittery. We're back. The batshit is back. So we did review the first seven books in the Sinster series. Then we skipped nine books, and now we're back. Now we're back. It's very exciting. I don't... Okay, there's a family tree at the beginning of this book. I'm Didn't just going to say... How I'm exci- not really sure what's going on here. How excited were you to open that up and see the family tree? <laughs> okay, first of all, thrilled. Second of all, I tried to, like, understand what the family tree was doing and then gave up. Well, the problem is, like, they... Okay, because... So books one through six are about these cousins the bar sister the bar sister yes and then book number seven is about an honorary sister so he's not on the family tree anywhere an so if you honorary at- sister just means that he's overly protective and won't say about anything about his feelings yes that's yes. it and then after that she starts writing about the siblings of the sister wives and so the problem is the, these this family tree starts getting these like branches for each of the wives, right? And then the I'm I'm gonna put this on Instagram so you guys can go and look at what this family tree looks like. Because the, the branches start going every which way, and then there are like dots that connect one thing over here. It's just so confusing. And the only characters from the first seven books who show up physically, not just are mentioned in passing in this book, is one member of the Bar Sinster and his wife. Mm-hmm. My favorites. <laughs> yes. Witch Magic and her protector. Sidebar, the next Lady of the Veil is their daughter, and the next Protector of the Veil is her twin brother. And Protector of the Veil in the book between Katrina and Richard was scandal was very explicitly sexual so a lot of concerns about these children anyway oh um, don't worry i have that series which i'm sure we will read eventually that that's probably going to be the next one that we read great um so that happens the those two show up in this book and one of the sinister wives brothers and his wives show up this is brothers Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I'll explain that later. <laughs> Great. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's read the book jacket. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't think it's going to explain anything, but it's fine. I do not believe either that it will explain the thing. All right. Three heroes, three rescues, three weddings. You are cordially invited to the wedding of Miss Heather Sinster, but not before she encounters kidnappers, danger, and a daring rescue at the hands of Viscount Breckenridge. Determined to hunt down her very own hero, 
one who will sweep her off her feet and into wedded bliss. And despairing of finding him in London's staid ballrooms, Heather Sinster steps out of her safe world and boldly attends a racy soiree. But her promising hunt is ruined by the supremely interfering Viscount Breckenridge, who whisks her out of scandal and straight into danger when a mysterious enemy seizes her, bundles her into a coach, and conveys her out of London. Now it's up to the notorious Breckenridge to prove himself the hero she's been searching for all along. I'm going to be would- honest. This book jacket is not bad. <laughs> oh, I dislike it. <laughs> I think it's perfect for this book, though. With the exception of the not before she encounters kidnappers, danger, and a daring rescue, it exclusively is the first chapter of the book. Yeah. It doesn't allude to her being past her prime and bored out of her mind. And it doesn't involve, it, it allude to him being like a friend of her entire family who's felt like he was an inappropriate choice for her, even though he's admired her all along. I think what hypothetically made these two people well-suited is not apparent from this text. Um, I also think it doesn't matter to the book, but that's fine. You know. Okay, so counterpoint, Meg's entirely right. I'm wrong. <laughs> How did I forget this was a sinister? How did you forget? I don't know. It just it felt like something I should say and do. It's fine. Okay. What was your 10-word summary? So, my 10-word summary is, first comes kidnapping, then comes sex, then comes BJ communication. We have to talk about that at length. (laughs) I have so many thoughts about it. It's the thing that I think is the wildest about this book, and I love it. And I got at it less explicitly. Meg's summary is better than mine this time. When unable to articulate feelings, one must rely on sex. I mean, yeah. Here's the best slash worst thing about this book. He's decided he obviously can't talk about his feelings because that's lame. So he's going to, like, articulate everything in the heat of passion. (laughs) But she decides, she's like, okay, I recognize that what I need from him is an articulation he can't provide. So I'm going to meet him where he's at. And I'm also going to communicate through sex. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, ugh, I've realized after the fact that I can't trust his sex communication because <laughs> he's too good at sex. And he's he might be using that. sex communication to manipulate me. Oh, my God. So at this point, no sex. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. It was <laughs> insane. It was insane. It's and insane. by the way, this is like, 70% into the book. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Are are there tropes that we need to talk about, or do we just plunge into this book? I mean, there are so many, but I think we just have to do this chronologically as per the sinsters. So you may know my favorite word with the sinsters is batshit. This plot makes no sense. Zero. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let me start with the prologue, because the prologue is from is from the kidnapper's point of view. Okay, yeah, so let's just... The prologue is from the kidnapper's point of view. But you you don't know that it's a kidnapper yet. 
You're just like, yeah. okay, it's this guy, and he's like, but has... you know, he is in Scotland and yeah. has an evil ass mom. Yes. Who is later revealed, and I don't know if I'm spoiling anything because I haven't read the subsequent. Li- is his mom a ghost? <laughs> no, she's real. There's a couple of scenes where he's like, and the children walked in and they couldn't see her. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, is this evil, manipulative woman a literal ghost? <laughs> she's not. She's not a ghost. Oh okay, my God. so she's just invisible to children as a I- person. I don't know what's going on in that one. I don't know what's going on in that part. Okay, great. I can't answer that part for you, but I can he's tell you that she's not a ghost. She's got an evil mom, and she's like, now that you've finally done this thing, don't know what this thing is, you better go get me a sinister woman. <laughs> she's like, get me a sinister. Why? Unclear. For what is happening? Totally unclear. Who are the sinister women at this point? Also don't know. I mean, there is a family tree, but again, doesn't help. It <laughs> doesn't help at all. <laughs> so that's that's the prologue. Then the book starts, and I'm not kidding. So this book jacket is like, Heather wants to find her hero. She's thinking in her head, I want to find my hero. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So she goes okay, to the, the worst thing called. about all these books, and I just want to articulate this now. Is that she even admits that, like, what she's really looking for is a man like her father, brother, cousins. hmm There's just a lot of, like, Oedipalial complexes yeah. in the Sinsters that are never truly acknowledged. No. And, I mean, she doesn't say, like, I mean, she wants a man like the other Sinsters, basically. Because she's, like, a Sinster wife. So she needs a man who can be her match. I think it's because this is, like, the first one where you, well, I guess we technically read Dude McFaces, who was an honorary sinster before. But this is the first time we've seen the traits of a sinster wife ascribed to someone with the last name sinster. Right. It's, I mean, we... Okay, we so they're all just trying to marry their cousins in yeah. personality. We, we skipped Amelia and Amanda. So those were the next ones, and we were just sinstered out at that point. Okay. So we couldn't handle doing the twins back then. Okay. So this is the first time we've seen it, but it has happened before in the series. I just want to mention it. Okay, great. It's unappealable as hell. It, it is. <laughs> and also, I don't know if that's the right adjective, but I love it. I made it up if it's not. It's amazing. It It's great. Thank you. Um, okay. So she's like, I need to find my hero. She goes to a ball. She should know, by the way, that he's not a ball. What is it? It's a salon in the evening hosted by like a woman who is beyond society. Okay. So she goes to this scandalous evening, scandalous soiree. Yes. And Breckenridge is there. And all I'm saying is she should know that he's her hero by the fact that he's like, you can't be here, bye. And kicks her out. Yeah. But she doesn't because she's stupid. We'll get back to this moment. So he's like, you are leaving. And she's like, nothing scandalous is even happening. And he's like, not in the fucking foyer. (laughs) Just like that. Those are the words he used. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, I saw totally respectable stuff and the guy who was hitting on me was like fine he's like no he's gross 
Mansion will never show up in the book again. Unrelated. <laughs> and he's like, okay, they're fighting. They're they're like sparring verbally, but without clever dialogue because Stephanie Lawrence. Yes. The whole time they walk outside, and then she's like, I'm walking to my car, and this is supposed to be club. Clever dialogue. Sorry, coach. And he's like, no, I'm walking you to your coach. And she's like, you've done enough. I'm, again, paraphrasing. And he's like, fine, I'm going to watch you the whole 20 feet to your coach. And she gets kidnapped in that 20 feet. And then her coach comes up and he's like, I'm taking this coach and the two of you are going to help me look for the carriage who took her. And they're like, okay, but who are you? And he's like, I know devil. And that's enough. He's like, I know Devon. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, hop on. Yep. Also, please direct us as we look at this. What is happening? Kidnapping. (laughs) And somehow, them being like literally one block ahead turns into like miles where it's like, might as well get rid of this and get another different type of vehicle with different horses. Mm -hmm. So basically, Breckenridge ends up following her out of town. With the intent of kidnapping her back, getting yeah. her back to town before anyone knows she's missing, basically. She's been taken to this like roadside inn mm-hmm. while on a road trip. So at this point, he's like following her trail on the road trip. Road he trip cl- romance. He climbs the gutter, whatever the uh-huh. gutter has been in 18, whatever, knocks on her window. Luckily, when he knocks on her window, her chaperone is the kind of women who claims she wakes up the slightest noise, but obviously sleeps like the dead. And she opens oh. the window and she's like, okay, fun fact. I know you came all this way to rescue me, but in one day of kidnapping, I have learned that I was not the target that any sinister woman was. I'm very concerned that if you take me away now, one of my cousins will be kidnapped. So the only logical thing to do is to stay kidnapped. Yeah, she's no basically, like, she's like, I'm not, right. I'm not going with you. Right, and no one is like, hey, private investigators, hey, you know what these people look like. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know there's a Scottish threat, probably, to your family. Let's go ask your family, or even write in a note, who could possibly, this could possibly be. The only note they send to the family is like, she's been kidnapped, but it's cool. And then none of them come, which, from everything you know about the Sinsters, is hilarious. They're like, Breckenridge is taking care of it. Of course, this is the first... Well, he's he was in another book, but I, we don't remember that. Please. I, I just love that, like, through everything... This is night one, but through every subsequent night of this, every choice they make is presented as, like, the eminently logical choice. Like, <laughs> she's so clever and he's so smart, so obviously they're making the logical decision. And at no point are you, as the reader, like, this makes sense. Nope. The reader is always like, this makes no sense. Her life might be in danger. You're getting her close to the border of what at this time is like kind of another country. Get her the Mm -hmm. F out of there. They're just like, oh no. And even when he's like, I've come up with this brilliant escape plan. At least that time, Stephanie Lawrence is like, it wasn't actually that brilliant. But every Mm -hmm. other time, like we're going to, the only thing that makes sense to protect the family is to stay kidnapped. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to pump them for information. But that just means we have to read fucking chapter after chapter of her in the coach trying to ineptly interrogate them. Painfully long. Combine that. Combine that with the fact that after 
they escape from the kidnappers, which is way too long into the book. And in case you're wondering, no, they do not hook up before they escape. No. They, he thinks about it. He's like, if it were anyone else, I would have kissed chair or something like that. Over it. So they, like, escape. And my favorite part of all of this is that her crazy-ass family does not intervene. Mm-mm. Any put before this? Nope. Fine. Nope. And then even when they get to the veil, they're like, it's fine. And even when they get to the veil and they're safe, no one is like, we must find the guy who's hunting her down. They're like, oh, he stopped at the edge of the property and then he walked away. That's fine. That must mean he doesn't have any ill intent on us anymore. Like, if I've learned one thing about the Sinsters, it's that the villain ends up dead and they get away with it. <laughs> There's no way that they were like, big guy on big horse just wandered away. He's a Highlander. Mm, guess we're going to have to wait and figure this out. I know. Oh, my God. All right. Here's my other favorite part about when they finally escape. He, they spend this whole time, like, coming up with this amazing plan to escape. And then, like, whoops, our whole plan won't work. So instead of taking a coach and, you know, riding along, they just, the best option is to walk, to walk from Gretna Green to the Vale. Other favorite part. The villain at this point is presented as like honorable guy who starts tracking them just to make sure she's okay. Yes. Not because he no longer has an evil plan against her. And he's like, I can track them. It's super easy. He's got boots and she's got dancing slippers. I'm going to follow it through the mud, which is a good plan. Except he misses their tracks and just rides halfway to Glasgow. He's like, oh, they're going to go to this town, so I'm going to Glasgow. Mm-hmm. I also, like, uh-huh. Sophie Lawrence does so much shit that doesn't make any sense. So, first of all, first instance I've seen in a romance novel, so I don't know how historically accurate this is, of the two of them on the road just knocking on random people's houses. Like, can I pay you? Oh, yeah. For one night? They're like, for- hey, do you have a room to rent? We're just to let. We'll pay you, and we'll, like, do some chores yeah. to make up for it. I don't know. And I cannot speak to the historical accuracy. <laughs> I have no idea. But they do that the whole way. Uh, obviously, trope, pretending to be husband and wife so that they can mm. get like respectable accommodations. And then, of course, they've only got one bed. Right. But at no point does the villain tracking them ever like knock on the houses to be like, did they stay here? No, I don't know. It's the whole, okay, the whole thing is like, she's, the whole first part of the book is she's kidnapped and she's really got to find out who this horrible villain is, right? Yes. Then they escape and the villain turns into, I mean, ambiguous guy, right? Where now he's following them, but just to make sure she's safe. And he's a kidnapper and he's hoping that whatever the outcome of this kidnapping is, it gets him off the hook on whatever deal he struck with his not ghost mom to get a chalice back it's never explained in this book nope it's not okay so the kidnapping and escape so Breckenridge follows her throughout this trip up to Scotland and then they escape because the villain is going to come so they're like oh let's go so then they end up at the veil. You think that would be the end of the book, right? Especially because 
along their escape route, especially. But while she was kidnapped and he was still managing to illicitly meet with her, he's thinking like, okay, the whole reason I have not had sex with this woman is because I, at this point, know she has been kidnapped for several days. And even if her family has managed to keep it quiet, I am now honor bound to wed her. Mm -hmm. Don't want to have sex with her. And therefore, add another layer of her feeling like I manipulated her to force her into this. Right. But while they're on the run, she's like, dude, I realize you probably feel like you have to marry me, but I'm just going to like to hear orphans in like the boonies instead. Yeah. He's, oh my God. So if I sex her, she won't be like, you're trying to force me into marrying you, but I have nothing to offer but sex. So now I must sex her. <laughs> it's the sister, have- the sister way of convincing, which I just love, you know? And then they're like, okay, so we have all the sex. And she's like, oh my God, this is my only chance at sex. <laughs> also, they're both like in their heads. And the only person I want to have sex with for the rest of forever in her case, even though she's a virgin, and in his case, even though he said sex with, like, a gajillion people, mm-hmm. is the other. So now they're like, okay, must emotionally get what I need out of this through exclusively sex. Mm-hmm. So when they show up at the veil, he's rescued her. But he's also sexed her into believing marriage is inevitable, and she sexed him into believing his departure is inevitable. Right. And that is the conflict of the second half of this book, and no, that doesn't make any sense. So the second half of the book is him convincing her to marry him. And her being told that the witch god of the veil thinks he's her soulmate. Yes. And will Mm -hmm. fulfill her. And her realizing that the emotional risk she needs to take to be with him is giving up everything she thought was required of a spouse and trusting he'll get there eventually. Basically. With some interfering twin children and some um, near-death experience and her comfort thrown in. So really, there's really no plot in this book. Like, I there's, there's, I, you there's no plot once plot. they're emotionally attached. Right. I was going to say, you think that the plot is going to be this kidnapping. And once he rescues her from the kidnapper, they're going to be like, wow, this experience really brought us together. Let's get married. But no, there's another fucking 200 page not 200 pages, but like 150 pages. Well, and what's most hilarious is it's very clear from the epilogue and the title of the subsequent book that the next sinister book is just this same villain who is unnamed and unexplained in this text kidnapping another sinister. <laughs> yes. And like everything she stayed kidnapped and like the whole plot of this book to prevent just happens again. Yes. Yes. But like, oh my Jesse god, Lawrence was like, "I'm not coming up with another plot. We're just gonna do this again." I cannot, I cannot tell you how excited I am about the next book because each of these books has the same plot, which is that they've been kidnapped. I'm sorry, are you telling me because there's five women mentioned as potential no, no, kidnapping only, victims? Only three, only three. In this book, there's like, okay, there's three. One of whom is not an heiress, but the other two, they're like, but it might even mean these two. So there's five potential kidnapping victims. Named in this book. And I'm like, if I have to read this same plot five times, I don't know what I'm going to do. You only have to read it three times. But I think what's amazing is that the, the, the relationship conflict, even though the plot is the same, she manages to make the relationship conflict be different. And I can't wait to talk about it. I'm sorry. Because there's, 
all sinister men's relationship conflict is they won't say I love you, and they in fact never actually do, except in this time he does after his near-death experience. Oh, I get it. So how is there a different conflict? Because there's been the same conflict in the first eight books. Just wait. I, yeah, it, it's it's fucking amazing. Okay. okay. So some things to mention because we really truly just went through the whole plot and conflict of this book. I don't know what happened, but yes, we did. Well, we forgot about the <laughs> the bull, the bull gory. That was the near death experience. <laughs> the bull gory. Oh my god. We'll talk about that in more detail. Okay. I just want to point out, so we have met this person before. We've met him before in The Ideal Bride, which is the book about Honoria's brother who marries a woman. And when I say we, I'm, I just mean people like sinister readers. Lane has not read that book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I did not remember. I did read that book. I read it a while ago. I remembered like the main plot of the book. I don't remember this guy. I don't remember Breckenridge in that book. But okay. apparently, he is Honor- he's Honoria's wife's stepson. Honoria doesn't have a wife. Honoria doesn't have a wife. Okay, I'm sorry. He's Honoria's brother's wife's stepson. Okay. Except he's not actually the stepson. He's the biological son of Honoria's brother's wife. Because he's a bastard. And the man who raised him, this Breckenridge dude, he's not his biological father. <laughs> what? It makes no sense. I get it. It doesn't make any sense, okay? So... <laughs> Caroline's her stepmother? Carol. Carol is his... Oh, my God. Carol is his biological father's widow. (laughs) His biological father's widow or his stepfather? So she's not the one who had all the affairs. I'm lost. It makes no fucking sense. And it's hilarious basically Breckenridge is inheriting his title from a man who's not his biological father yeah got that okay I got that he was a bastard right um his biological father was married before to this other woman and um then he died <laughs> and <laughs> Breckenridge was there to help find the killer. <laughs> okay, I'm totally lost. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, and I don't understand anything. I'm but giving up. My most favorite part is that their relationship in this book is described as being, Caroline is my, uh, he met Heather. So Breckenridge met Heather at his biological stepmother's wedding. <laughs> biological stepmother. <laughs> I don't I don't it's my brain just gave out it just it gave actually out. Does that. oh my god it's just so funny it's just so funny you guys um it's, it's uh, okay I do want to disclose a couple of trigger warnings one one of the places they stop overnight mm-hmm. at for a room for let a woman has clearly experienced domestic abuse 
Yes. Well, it's not super. It's not on the page. It is more than alluded to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And hilariously, but not hilariously, I don't know. This woman is like, I can tell when a man is not going to beat the shit out of you. Oh, um, God. Yep. And it's like, yeah, that should be the only standard. Jesus Christ. It's like the minimum, you know? Less than the minimum. The baseline, like the bare absolute. Yeah. Anyway. Did anything else offend you? I mean, okay. I just have issues with how fate works in books sometimes. Okay. Um, you're wrong. Uh, did I have a huge issue with it here? No, I've, I've been the having issues with it. Veil is magic predicted the next several generations of faded lovers also my favorite part of this is like they're super faded but you're it's never explained why I don't, my other favorite part is katrina's like here take this crystal necklace and after you have gotten married to breckenridge you pass the necklace on to your sister eliza but imagine when eliza has shit. found it then you pass it along to Angelica. And when Angelica has found her husband, then you pass it along to Mary. And when Mary finds her hero, you pass it along to Henrietta. And then it's going to come back to Lucinda. Her daughter, who is what eight. The fuck? It's so ridiculous. But then the lady is like, oh, I need to get them together. So how am I going to do it? I'm going to tell the twins to go and push, push Heather into the bullpen. So that Breckenridge will go save her. But then I, I don't think this was supposed to happen, but he gets gored by a bull. It was all very weird. And then the as, Lady, by the way, is not like a character whose name oh, we can't remember. It's the god in this universe. Yes. Yes. She's the god, the goddess. And as his life force is like, leaking from him you know i love that we have more scenes in purgatory like that's what i need for my romance novels is like more scenes in purgatory that's when heather's like no i love you and if you just live we're gonna have so many kids together and be so happy together i've changed my mind i know you didn't do any of the things i said were a prerequisite for marriage but i'm gonna trust in my heart you'll get there someday and marry you anyway but he did that's the thing he did do what she asked him to do. So let's talk about sexiness because this is where this shit happens. <laughs> I don't, this is, okay. As we know, I'm sometimes like, this is problematic as fuck, but at least it's sexy. Even if I don't quite know what's happening, this got so purple. Like it mm. was, I was so confused. It wasn't even sexy. I, there's this part in the book that I think is hilarious where she's trying to stay away from him in the bed just because she doesn't want to like lie next to him. So she's holding onto one side of the post and then yes. she's like, you know what? I want to have sex with this dude. So <laughs> they actually do have a conversation and she's like, I think we should have sex. So they, they are like, okay, let's have sex. And then she just lets go of her side of the bed and rolls into him. <laughs> I was like, how is this sexy? <laughs> I also, like, I, I didn't understand any of the metaphors being used about sex and control. So confusing. He was just like, okay. He felt his control slipping, so he took it back. And I'm like, so do you ever come? 
I don't know exactly. I don't know. Don't ask me. I lost, I lost a lot in translation. Mm-hmm. Usually, like, I'm ash- not ashamed. I-, I take pride in everything I read. But I'm always a little bit like, uh, Stephanie Lawrence is weird and problematic and confusing. But this was just confusing. Okay. So they get to the veil. And she explains that the only thing that will tempt her into marriage is if feelings loves her. It's feelings. It's not even love. It's just feelings. She's like a, a... tenderness or a regard that's strong enough for me that I can show different affection because Katrina warns her that she shouldn't use the word love because that would scare him off or something any man like the sinsters is afraid of that or some shit yeah so she just explains look I don't she finally is like I don't even need you to say it I just need to know and he's like okay I will let her have control in the bedroom, basically. He's like, I'll show her through my sex, through the way we fuck, that... Even if she's a virgin, at least was, prior to me hooking up with her. The, here's the thing. She decides that she's going to do the same thing and admit to him that she loves him. Well, here's my favorite part about this whole sequence. They both correctly interpret the other's motives. Yes. They're and both like... like Yes. He was not faking orgasm. He was clearly faking the emotional intimacy implied by his sex. Yes. So here's the thing. Like, he's they meet the next day, and he's like, awesome. I showed her how I felt about her. Now we're going to get married. And and here's the thing, too. They They talk around this shit so much. She's like, no, you didn't show me enough. You just go back to London. I'll well, stay here. She's like, I believe what he was doing was telling me with his dick how he felt. Yeah. All I need from him this morning is like a, hey, girl, last night was special. And he does that. He doesn't. He's like, no. I'm just going to. He was like, and she's like, oh, my God, last night meant nothing to me or something because no. he stays quiet for too long. He, he stays quiet, but he, she's like. I need you to show me this. And he's like, I thought that's what last night was all about. And she's like, and you she's were like, clearly faking it. Yes. Yes. And she's like, oh no, he was faking it all along. <laughs> it was, I was like, what the fuck is happening? It's so confusing. And okay, I'm like, so what, what a surprise. He so did the not correctly interpret the blowjob. Half of the, the second half of the book is just them like, trying to emotionally communicate through sex, it's somehow working and then still not working to the point that they then need to have like the lady via twins create a near death experience. And then after what you thought was like done, there's all of these, he's kind of dying and making choices about staying alive in purgatory for like 20% Mm -hmm. of the effing book. So a bunch of of random people can show up and like be there for them. And then nothing about why she was kidnapped or what is going on can be revealed. So the epilogue can just be this dude being like, gonna have to do it again. God damn it, I have to kidnap another sister's sister. It was, I just loved how many times Stephanie Lawrence was like, they're both so smart and so clever and so good at detectiving. 
And yep. every time you as the reader are like, this makes no fucking sense, hire a detective. Yep. Yep. And the other but, thing is that it's very clear, even once they're both safe, they never explain what happened or hire a detective, and none of the other sensors show up. Mm-mm. Did you enjoy this book, Lane? Oh my god, 53 out of 9. <laughs> 53 out of 9? Okay. That's my new scale. <laughs> this this book is 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 just absolutely wild. The the kidnapping plot, the prologue and epilogue are not part of this book. They obviously belong to the series, and so they're not resolved. None of it makes sense, and it's amazing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we are uh, obviously going to be continuing the Sister Sisters series. I need to know who this random, gigantic Scottish guy is who's not Ghost Mom, who I was convinced was a ghost, is trying to take revenge on the Sisters. And he's like, oh, my God, if I can find this chalice, it will save me from ruin and stop my mom from her revenge. If you're like, that, wait, you didn't talk about any of that. It doesn't make sense. Correct. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, Stephanie Lawrence does this thing where she builds up the last book in a series. And you like you she hides the identity of someone and you really want to know who it is. Right. Yes. But then when you finally find out who it is, it's just some new character. <laughs> so there's no real payoff. It's so fun. Yes. It's amazing. Well, and hilariously, the other thing going on here is he's a Scottish Highlander educated at Eton or Oxford. <laughs> who they did do a is, lot of deductive detective who is in who's bigger than any other person they've ever seen who's in his early 30s and they're like could be anyone i'm like you've probably narrowed this list down to like four people Mm -hmm. and yet you're like "Mm, not enough to go on oh well (laughs) my other favorite part is she's like trying to figure out what this dude looks like because she never never sees him I mean, actually, they do see him from from afar. So they know oh he's God. like really tall. Oh, okay. They know he's really tall. They know he has dark hair. But she's like, what color eyes does he have? And the kidnappers, who have been totally forthcoming about this dude, are like, we don't remember what color his eyes are, but they were cold. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not how this works. You were just like, I don't know what they are. Or, oh, I think they were light-colored, but I'm not really sure if they were gray or blue. You just don't go, they were cold. <laughs> it doesn't happen. That made no sense. One of my favorite things in this book is, like, obviously so often in romance novels, especially with heroes, there's, like, an identifying characteristic that unequivocally makes a man of a certain lineage. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got the eyes or he's got the build. And even the sinsters, like, all the bar sinster looks the same. Mm-hmm. So you've been convinced through all of these books that sinister people have like a very distinctive appearance and her kidnappers are relying on her not being recognized anywhere between London and the Scottish Highlands and it somehow fucking works mm-hmm. like when the men are sinsters they can't go anywhere without like known sinster you've got a woman like visibly a sinister and she somehow manages to get abducted and her abductor when trying to deduct where she may or may not go is not like hmm, a cousin who she's very close to lives 10 miles from here 
Yup. Everything about her, except that Richard is married to the Lady of the Vale. And the Vale. Yeah, he knows everything except for the Scottish connection, apparently. I just, it didn't make any sense. Also, I was really annoyed that his name was Breckenridge the entire time. Okay, that's. He never goes by his first name. Thomas? Timothy? Timothy. (laughs) Because it said once in the entire book at the very beginning, his name is like Timothy Danvers, Viscount Breckenridge. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, that's not a name I would call out during sex, you know? Oh, well, I also thought it was so weird that he was like, I'm 34 and she's 25 and this age gap is too creepy to consider. It's like, how did <laughs> the age gap in the series be bigger than that? Oh, I, well, I mean, yes, but also it, to be, I guess, fairish. The big age gap was between Flick, Felicity, and Demon. And he was like 30 and she was 18, 18, 19. So she does kind of make, this is consistent, I would say, across Lauren's. Okay, so is less than that and she's 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't understand that the, like, there was conflict in the sense that she'd been kidnapped and they hated each other. Like, this is a little enemies to lovers, except the reasons for hitting each other are that he thought she was too hot. It's very confusing. Yeah. And she thought that he acted a little bit too much like her cousins. Huh. When it turns out that is what sexually drives her. Huh. Huh. Weird that they ended up together. Yeah, you guys, thank you for being along on this sister ride. Like, this book... Just the part where they try to talk, they decide that closing their feelings through sex is the way to go. Just that alone makes this book worth reading. And it simultaneously works in that they both understand what's happening and doesn't work in the sense that she's like, I don't trust it. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with the next in the Sisters trilogy.